up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I am your host, Zach Guggenheim, and we are here to talk about the Week 10 picks as well as our first playoff ranking reaction. So that's what we're going to do every Thursday after we do picks. We're going we're gonna to take a look at the playoff rankings and react to them, kind of give you some insight into what that means and also what I think about the rankings. If uh, you want to listen to us re- more regularly, make sure to like and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review that helps us uh, to get our name out there, helps with the algorithms and whatnot. So please leave a review, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening. We're excited. I'm going to get right into picks. We're only going to do the Big Ten games. So we, uh, we have seven of them. I am currently 69 and 24. That's, that's my record kind of going into this week. Went seven and two last week. We're going to start with Illinois at number 20, Minnesota. 12 p.m. kick on ESPN2. Minnesota is a 14 and a half point favorite. And just, just so you're aware, I am using the college football playoff rankings, not the AP poll like I have been. So Minnesota unranked in the AP, but number 20 in the new playoff rankings. Uh, Minnesota took another hit in the running back room. Bryce Williams uh, had a season-ending injury. This is after he, he scored three touchdowns, I think, in the past couple games. So now Minnesota out three running backs for the season. Remember, uh, Ibrahim is out. He, he got injured in the first game. Then Trey Potts, who is really starting to come on. Season-ending ending injury, a really freaky injury against Purdue. And now Bryce Williams is out. Marquise Irving and Kai Thomas, most likely the guys carrying the load. Irving is, has, has been pretty good as he's kind of stepped in uh, as well. But you have to wonder if this takes a lot of steam out of the Gophers as they hit the home stretch of the season. Illinois, they followed up their big win over Penn State with a dud against Rutgers. So where are they going to be mentally coming into this game? I, I think Minnesota's too good, particularly on the lines. I, I, I think they're going to be able to move the ball. I think Tanner Morgan's going to be able to hit his receivers at least enough to keep uh, Illinois honest. And so I think they'll hold Illinois under 14 points. I think one of the underrated units in the big 10 right now is the defensive line for Minnesota with Niles Pinckney, uh, boy, Mafe that they are very, very quietly becoming one of the better units in the Big Ten. So I like Minnesota in this one. I think it's going to be low scoring. Minnesota 23, Illinois 10. They just barely don't cover. Uh, so 13-point win for the Gophers. They move, I think, to 7-2. and two. Number 21, Wisconsin at Rutgers. It's a 3.30 kick on the Big Ten Network. Wisconsin, a 12-point favorite. Surprisingly, I think this might be a game that Rutgers could steal. Now, Wisconsin's pathway to victory, it, it plays into Rutgers' hands a bit. Just, I'm not saying Rutgers is going to win this game, but this is a game that Rutgers could steal because Wisconsin, they play ball control, no mistakes, good defense, strong running game, which means that their margin for error is a lot less. And if Rutgers can get a punt block, if they can get a touchdown return for a touchdown, if they kick some field goals, you know, Rutgers could come and steal this game. That being said, 
unless if Graham Mertz throws like four interceptions, I think this Badger defense, it's so stout. I don't think Rutgers has the ability to score. They, they really need help in this game to, to stay with Wisconsin. Wisconsin wins 24 to seven. I just think their defense is going to be too much for Rutgers to overcome. And I think Mertz, you know, they've been protecting Mertz as a passer. So 24 to seven, it'll be a pretty boring game because it'll be the same old Wisconsin offense we've seen over the past 50 years, which is run the running back into the middle of the line, I formation, get her done. So Wisconsin wins Penn state at Maryland, three thirty kick on FS one uh, Penn state's a 10 point favorite Maryland and Penn state have the same record. They're both five and three. They're both two and three in conference, but that's about the only similarity that these teams have. Maryland's not the same team without Dante Demas. And, you know, Maryland did beat Indiana last week. They, they also gave up 35 points to Indiana's third string quarterback. And Indiana's not very good on offense. So I, I don't think, I think if Penn State, the team, the Penn State team that showed up against Ohio State, if they show up, this game will not be close. Penn State's receivers should be able to do enough to exploit the Terrapin defense. And Penn State's defense, it, it's nasty. I mean, they are really good. I mean, as bad as the run defense was a couple of weeks ago, the reality is they still held in Illinois to 10 points. They held Ohio State to 33 points, and that was including a defensive touchdown. I think they pick off Tungavailoa at least twice. 35-13. It might be worse than that, but I'm going with a, a pretty sizable victory for the Nittany Lions as they get on track and they get ready for a big one against Michigan next week. Number 22, Iowa at Northwestern, 7 p.m. I think it's on the Big Ten Network, but it has not been confirmed. Iowa is a 12-point favorite. Riley Moss's status is still up in the air. I don't think it's going to matter. Iowa's defense is more than enough to slow down Northwestern's, you know, quite honestly, pedestrian offense. I think it'll probably be close in the first half. Uh, you know, Petrus, I think he might still struggle. I, I think Goodson might be sluggish coming off of two straight losses, but they'll wake up enough in the second half to get the win. They might pick off Helinski once or twice. Iowa wins 24 to 13 over Northwestern. Indiana at number seven, Michigan. It's a 7.30 kick on Fox. Michigan is a 20-point favorite. Donovan McCauley played okay against Maryland, but this is a much better defense. And, and while I don't think Michigan's offense is as explosive as Ohio State's or Michigan State's, they have some dudes that are starting to emerge. Antrell Anderson, he made some big-time catches in that game against Michigan State last week. Uh, the tight end all is is really emerging as a as a big time target and of course the running backs quorum and, and hassan haskins have been very very good for them this would be an easy win for the for the wolverines i don't think indiana is going to be able to move the ball much and i think it sets them sets them up for that big showdown in happy valley next week michigan 38 indiana 13 ohio state at nebraska it's a 12 p.m kickoff on fox it is the 
big noon kickoff with Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson on the call. Ohio State, 15-point favorite. I have heard several beat writers say that Ohio State fans should hammer this betting line, that they are going to crush Nebraska. Scott Frost is going to get fired directly after this game. And they, they might be right, but Nebraska has lost all six, they, all six of their losses. They have lost by a combined 33 points. Three of those games have been to Oklahoma, Michigan, and Michigan State. You know, another one is to a top 20 team in Minnesota. So they have played good teams tough. And Ohio State's coming off, I think, an emotional win, a hard-fought win. They struggled on both sides of the ball. And they're looking down the barrel of both Michigan schools in the coming weeks. So are they going to have their whole focus on a three-and-six Nebraska team? That plus the fact that Adrian Martinez, I, I know he's inconsistent. He is the type of quarterback that could give this defense fits. You know, you saw Sean Clifford really exploit the middle of this defense last week. Nebraska's got some weapons and Toure and, and some of their other receivers. So I think this is a, this is a, this is one of those games where if Urban Meyer were still coaching, I would actually probably pick the upset because, you know, it, it has the same profile again, you know, back in 2017, they went on the road to Iowa where they had a good tight end, had a good, uh, a couple of good receivers, had a, a pretty good quarterback in Nate Stanley. They got blown out next year. They had, they went to Purdue and they got blown out by Rondale Moore and that team, uh, at Purdue, this has that type of feel. I think it's competitive in the first half, but I think Nebraska self implodes in the, in the middle of the third quarter. I think they score more than people realize though. I've got Ohio state 56, Nebraska 27. I do think Ohio state covers, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as people expect it to be. I expect the starters to play the entirety of the game. So that's, that's my, my thought for Ohio State at Nebraska. Last but not least, number three, Michigan State at Purdue. 3.30 kick on ABC. Michigan State, only a three-point favorite. This, this is a tricky game for the Spartans. You know, coming off an emotional rivalry game, you know, where they beat Michigan. You know, they were down 16. In that game, they came back, stormed back to win it. Purdue can exploit Michigan State on defense. Michigan State's allowing over 300 yards a game through the air. I mean, we saw Cade McNamara, who has not been a strong passer, light him up for nearly 400. Purdue is, is a strong passing team. You know, everyone knows about David Bell. He has 53 catches for 786 yards and four touchdowns. They have some other good receivers. They have Payne Durham at tight end. Aiden O'Connell, he's a sporadic quarterback, but when he's on, he's really on. And we saw that against Iowa. He was lights out against the Hawkeyes defense. So are they, are they going, are, are they going to be able to do that, to, to be able to light up this defense that just gave up a ton of yards to Cade McNamara? Is Purdue going to pull off their second major upset of the season? I don't think so. I, I think Purdue's going to get close, 
but I think Kenneth Walker is good enough to get his against, I think, an underrated defense in Purdue. But I think Kenneth Walker really frees up what I think is kind of a JV version of Ohio State's offense. And I don't mean that as any disrespect to the Spartans. I I, I actually mean it as a – it's high praise because I think – Similar, Ohio State has a really explosive offense. I, I don't think Peyton Thorne is C.J. Stroud. I don't think Red and Naylor are Olave and Wilson. But you're talking about a complete back in Kenneth Walker and two really explosive receivers in Red and Naylor that can really exploit them in the play-action game. Because of that, Michigan State, I think, gets enough of a balanced offense to put away upset-minded Purdue. It'll be close. I've got Michigan State 24, Purdue 20. Those are the picks for week 10. We're going to take a quick break, and then I will come back, and we'll talk a little bit about the playoff and how, well, I'll just say there's there a lot of people have a right to be upset about the first week of rankings. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. So the the first playoff rankings came out this week. And I thought there was a lot of good in the rankings and a lot of not good in the rankings. And so I want to talk about, first off, what what I thought made sense. First of all, the, I mean, this is obvious at this point, Georgia being at one duh obviously should be number one i thought it was good that michigan state was in the top four uh they were rated three i thought oregon at four and being ahead of ohio state made sense Uh, i thought that was really good so i i thought those those really made sense i thought cincinnati at at six it, it shows to me that they're in a lot of trouble. I think unless if there's a lot of chaos, I think, I think Cincinnati is done. I think they're out of it, which I think then really lends credence. Like, why are we even giving any hope to Cincinnati if we're just going to say, hey, you're good, but not good enough? every time that a group of five team kind of comes in. So, but I think the ranking, I think the ranking for Cincinnati makes sense. I don't understand Oklahoma behind Michigan, you know, Michigan's best, best thing on the resume is a loss. So I, I just don't know how you put Michigan over Oklahoma and Oklahoma hasn't played anybody. I get that. And they've struggled, but I, I just don't know. I don't know how you put Oklahoma behind Michigan. I'm not sure how you put Oklahoma that low, to be honest. Um, Wake Forest at nine, I think makes sense. And then 
I thought 10 through 15, 10 through 14, I should say. 10 through 14, I thought made some sense. Here's where I think things start to get a little weird and iffy for me. So BYU's 15. I'm like, man, who has BYU played? And I'm pretty sure they're seven and two and they lost to Boise. Why are they 15? I, that make make I, they've played a power five schedule, but they haven't played any good teams. Uh, they haven't, I don't think they've played anybody that's ranked or beaten anybody that's ranked. So I, I don't understand that. They have Ole Miss at 16. That makes sense. Here's, here's where I have a lot of issue. Mississippi State 17, Kentucky 18, NC State 19. And here's why I have issue with it. Because you might be thinking, well, why does that matter? They're not going to make the playoff. Who cares? It matters because of how it relates to Alabama at number two. Mississippi State is five and three. They beat Texas A&M with a backup quarterback. They lost to LSU. They lost to Memphis. They, they have another loss out there. I think it's to Florida. Might not be to Florida. I forget who their, their other loss is to. And then their, their, you know, their other big win is against Kentucky. So they're five and three. They have two top 25 wins. They have three losses, including one to Memphis. It's Memphis. Goodness. Um, they're five and three. There is another five and three team that is not ranked that has wins over number 13, Auburn, number 21, Wisconsin, and they have losses to number 22, Iowa, to number five, Ohio State, and to Illinois. And two of those losses were with a backup quarterback. And those, the combined losses are by. 14, no, 15 points. It's Penn State. Mississippi State, they lost to Alabama. They lost by 40 to Alabama. Mississippi State is 17. They lost one of their games by 40. They've beaten Kentucky. Yay. And they beat Texas A&M with them coming off of an injury at quarterback. Why is Penn State not ranked and Mississippi State ranked? Like, can somebody tell me why that's the case? Can somebody tell me why Kentucky, who is six and two, is ranked 18th? Like, what, what have they done? Who have they beaten? They beat Florida. Again, who cares? They're four and four. They stink. Why are they ranked 18th? And, and for that matter, why is NC State ranked 19th? Because they needed to find somebody in the ACC to put in the poll? How are all three of these teams ranked ahead of Penn State? And see, here's my issue. And, and actually, let me just go further. How is Wisconsin ranked higher than Penn State? They're five and three. And they got beat by Penn State. 
Here's why this matters. Alabama is second in the rankings. And what is propping them up is they have two top 25 wins. Not one, but two. They beat Ole Miss, and they beat Mississippi State. In the AP poll, you want to know where Mississippi State's ranked? They're not. But to prop up Alabama, they ranked Mississippi State. One of the things they said about Ohio State and why they're ranked at fifth is that they have no signature wins yet. Want to know why they don't have any signature wins? Because they didn't rank Penn State. Now, Ohio State, they win their in, by the way that this looks, this, this shakes out. So I am not concerned about Ohio State in the short term. I'm concerned about the integrity of the playoffs in the long term. Because judging from this poll, and, and people are saying, oh, well, if Alabama loses again, they're out. Really? If you're going to put Alabama ahead of Michigan State now, after Michigan State just beat Michigan, and they have zero losses, if you're going to put Alabama ahead of Oregon, who has the best win of anybody in the top five, like, are you going to drop Alabama with a second loss against Georgia? Like, no. You're not going to. And so basically what this poll tells me is unless if Oklahoma slaughters Oklahoma State and Baylor and Iowa State, or if Cincinnati can somehow prove that they without a shadow of a doubt, should be an undefeated in. Alabama is going to be the first two-loss team in the playoff if they lose in the SEC championship game. And it's stupid because the way they're justifying it is by propping up bad teams and saying that they are top 20 caliber when if you, you take one look at Mississippi State, you know they are not a top 25 team. Look, take one look at Kentucky. Take one look at NC State, right? And again, the reason why NC State matters is because Mississippi State beat NC State. Again, where's NC State ranked in the AP poll? They're not. Mississippi State has no business being ranked 17th. This, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And if you look at SMU, they, they, were, they were defeated by Houston. They're ranked 23rd in the AP poll. They're not at all in the, the college football playoff rankings. And so does Cincinnati have any way of propping up their, their ability to win? No. Because now, not only is SMU not ranked you know, Houston's not ranked and, and they would get Houston in the ACC or AAC championship game. If, if Houston wins out. And so basically what we're doing is they have found a way to make it completely defensible to leave out Cincinnati or Oklahoma. If Alabama only loses one more game.
Now, I hope they're better than that. I hope they can look at their rankings objectively and, and you know, they can figure this out. But seriously, what's going to happen when Oklahoma, if Oklahoma wins out, beats Oklahoma State, Baylor, and, and Iowa State, Iowa State not ranked, Oklahoma State and, and Baylor are going to drop in the rankings. And it's like, okay, are they really that good? Whereas Alabama, they keep propping up wins. You know, if Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State loses to, oh, I forget who they're playing this week. Are they, are they going to drop Mississippi State out of the rankings if they go five and four? It's kind of hard to because they're ranked 17th. This drives me nuts about the committee. Because they are propping up teams that have no business being this high. And I get it's hard. Ranking the top 25 is hard. I get that. But you better have a logical explanation. And if you're, if you're going to put Wisconsin 21, NC State 19, Kentucky 18, and Mississippi State 17, you better have a good reason why Penn State's not in there. Look, I wouldn't put Penn State 17. I'm not arguing that they should be 17. I'm arguing they should absolutely be above Mississippi State and Wisconsin. There is no rhyme or reason why they shouldn't be in this poll. And before people say, well, they lost to Illinois. Yeah, with a bad quarterback and in a rainstorm. But you can't, if you're gonna, if you're gonna ignore things like that for other teams, like Texas A&M, Mississippi State, then you better ignore, then you, like, if you're, if you're going, let me rephrase that. If you're going to account for those things with other teams, you have to account for it with Penn State, and they're not. And it's ridiculous. They beat Auburn by eight. They beat Wisconsin by six on the road. Those are two better wins than Mississippi State has. Sorry. And getting drubbed, I mean, they got drubbed by Bama. And then they got, they got beat by Memphis, man. Before people say, well, Memphis would beat Illinois. Do you really, do you know that? Memphis is bad. They're four and four in a bad conference. So they, they're setting this up for the way they want it to be, which is going to be the same thing all the time it's going to be two sec teams uh, a big 10 team and maybe oregon or maybe maybe oklahoma sneaks in but cincinnati sure as heck isn't isn't going to sniff anything wake forest is is sure as heck is not going to sniff anything even if they go undefeated and it justifies my thought that this playoff system is broken it is too subjective and it, it needs to die. We, we've got to do something different with it. And, and before, and I know some people say, well, it's just the first rankings, just let it shake out. The problem with that is now perceptions are out there. So now people see Mississippi State as the number 17 team. Guess what? That's going to stick with the committee. So even if Mississippi State loses, you know what happens? The teams that beat Mississippi State, they're like, oh, they just beat a top 20 team. Good on them. Whereas, you know, Penn State, 
beats Michigan next week, it's like, oh, well, Michigan lost to a team that wasn't ranked in the top 25. It's absurd and it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's why we need to change the playoff system. It has to be more objective. It has to be more, it, it can't be a, a room full of people who could easily be manipulated by dollar signs. And I'm not saying that that's what it is, but it is. You also have to look at the facts here. ESPN owns the SEC network. They have mo the most rights to the SEC out of any out of any other conference, and they control the college football playoff. Like they control the rights to the playoff into the playoff rankings. You know, Kirk Herbstreet and all them can argue all they want that they want to see Ohio State and USC and Oregon and all those other different areas of, of the country because it'll help their ratings. You can talk about that all you want. You, you don't think it's beneficial for you for the SEC to get two teams in the playoff because they line your pockets with TV contracts? Like, come on. So I, these rankings are ridiculous. I, I, get, I get a lot of it. Like Oregon over Ohio State, that made sense. Alabama at two. Meh. I mean, come on. If if you're gonna ding other teams for being inconsistent, you gotta ding Alabama for being inconsistent. To not have SMU in the poll, that Mississippi State so high. It this is it it's awful. This is an awful, awful poll. And be prepared because Bama's gonna be in the playoff. They don't, they don't need to win the SEC. They're going to walk right into the playoff. And they'll probably win because they'll have five weeks to prepare because Nick Saban's amazing, and they will luck themselves into another national championship because that's what will happen. And then everybody will be like, see, Alabama deserved to be there. It's like, no, they didn't. They got lucky to be there, and then they did what Nick Saban does, which is turn it on after a five-week layoff. So... It's, it's, it stinks. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Bama and if Bama wins out, they just, they absolutely deserve to be in, but being propped up like this is, is ridiculous. Bama doesn't need to be propped up by anybody. Come on, prove it on the field. So let me know your comments, uh, in the reviews. Let me know what you think. Uh, maybe I'm overreacting. I probably am overreacting. Maybe I'm not. But I would love to hear your thoughts. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Thanks again for listening to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday for the Week 10 recap. And we'll talk about rankings and, and whatnot then. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim, signing off. Take care and God bless.